Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Well, hello there. You've downloaded our podcast and how great it is to have you on our podcast. Yes, you might learn a new term today, quietly quitting. You might hear it and go, bugger me, that's me. How many people do you think heard that and they're now going to go to work and say, hey, I um, just want to let you know that <laughs> this is my two weeks notice. <laughs> no, 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 it's not quitting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Quietly quitting does mean you just... You don't even slack. You do slack off you from take, the you level put that off the gas. Yeah, from yeah. the level that you're at, but you're at a higher level than what you should have been because you're not getting paid mm. for it. Mm. We're talking yeah. about the industries that can't do it though. Like I could, I would get annoyed if a tradie was doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because they get paid by the hour, a lot of them as well, and you got to get yeah. a job completed. And some, if you're doing a fixed price, you don't get paid until the job's done. Mm. I, th- I think it's a lot of those industries where, to be honest, th- uh, some places have been taking the piss with this sort of stuff anyway. So it's a natural snapback, you know, and it just mm. sort of happens. And you don't realise it's happened until you look up and you go, oh, I'm actually doing three people's jobs where I was yeah. only hired to do one, you know. Mm. I guess it, when you compare it to anything, you know, we've all, you start your career where you're driven and you want to grow and you want to get to a certain point. You know, you're like, I want to become a manager. I want to go here. I want to do that. And then you look at the manager being so unhappy and you go, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I guess when you get there and it doesn't give you that satisfaction that you're like, when I get there, yeah. that's it. My life's going to be made. And then you realize, shit, I think I was just as happy when I was just kicking around, yep. enjoying the, the journey, so you know. Many my friends are going through, I don't know if it's our age, I don't know if your friends are, but mm. so many of my friends are going through going, I thought I wanted to progress and I was going to mm. be the CEO and now I don't care about it. Yeah. And they're going off and they're doing courses in completely different fields and doing part-time work and enjoying it more where you thought that you would want to get ahead. Yeah. yeah, I just think a lot of things that were important and aren't as important these days. Yeah, well, I guess, do you want at your funeral someone to say, God, he worked hard, mm. he was a great employee? No, no one, I don't no, think, No, you want the line, that. you want family man. That's right. He was <laughs> no, a great man. But that's what I noticed great during person. COVID. Yeah, Like, of I just love hanging out with my family. Yeah. Like, mm. I like doing it more. So, it's interesting. It's going to be, and I think the opportunities to make money in the world are bigger and broader than ever before. You know, people mm. can start their own businesses and if you, you know. Uh, Supplement your earning with the side yeah. hustle. That's that's right. You can do it. So For a small amount of fee, you can get Maddie on TikTok. Yes, you can. <laughs> I am loving your videos. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, like, that. I'm not saying that I didn't love them before. No, they're de- uh, the content's better than cool. it was. All right. As I long as you admit you. it, like, totally. this is more mine. Like, sometimes totally. it would be a bit of hit or miss with, I'd be like, that's not me. But these videos, yeah. 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 I love it. That's You've a- made it. <laughs> wow. You've <laughs> swung it. your, your last it. fan. You've got I've it. Done it. I might even it. join up TikTok to follow <laughs> you. Nah, just keep reposting on, on Instagram. Get on there. Now, the thing with, with any, um, which I've learnt doing online content, is you you just have to keep throwing shit at the wall. Until something mm-hmm. hit. And then when something sticks, then you, you can run with it, you know? I think it's like my favourite comedians are the ones that you watch and it's so relatable. You go, oh my God, yes, it's so true. I've never mm. thought about that. Yeah. And that's what you've just hit the nail on the head with a lot of the parenting or, you know, with your wife. I'm just imitating your children. That's yeah, a, that's and it's all I'm funny doing. when you see it back. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, at Maddie Axie, if you want to give me a like and a follow, yeah. please. Yeah, there it is. There it Smash is. Smash that subscribe button, uh, fam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's get into the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Dear Abby. Sometimes in life, gets real. And that's when you need Abby to help. I'm trying to help you. I think a lot of people would have been in this situation before. And if you've come to a solution, uh, you can call up and give some advice. 131060. Because she's written, Dear Abby, my husband and I have separated and we are fighting over which schools our children now go to. My ex says that they can go to the local uh, state school while I want them to experience a private school like I did. I would expect to go halves. I know that he should be able to afford it, but he is absolutely refusing. I don't believe the courts would be in my favour, question mark, question mark, question mark. And it's so expensive to try and go through that every time we have a disagreement about money or anything else. I have said that I would cover the cost, which he said, well, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Then I went on to explain it's because my new husband has said that he would also like my children to go to a private school and will cover the costs. This didn't go down well with my ex. Now I've mentioned that my new husband will be paying for it. So he is still refusing. 
I want to know, how did anyone come to an agreement about which schools to send their kids after they had separated? Mm. 13, that 10, 60. There's a lot going on there too, isn't there? I mean, the school issue is an issue, but then when the um, new husband swings in and says, I'll pay for this as well, that's a, another reason for this guy to be against it. You would feel would you feel wrong if someone else if you couldn't afford it and someone else was paying for your child's education would that make you? I think so. If it was an education you didn't want to pay for in the first place, but then he did say that's fine if you want to pay for it, mm. do it. Mm. Well, that's where it gets <laughs> tough, doesn't yeah. it? Because the new husband's money is actually the wife's money because they're married. Well, that's what it says. It is, but I go no, she didn't have to throw that in then. Yeah, sorry, no. I know she's been Nima, but you don't you didn't yeah. have to throw that in. And, and what will have to happen for the new husband, who is, even though he's paying for the education, will have to be able to just purely see it as he's paying. The father of the children will be the one who would still have to deal with the school, do all of that stuff. And I think that's where the lines may feel like they get blurred. Yeah. Um, I wonder if anyone has gone to court over it, or do you go to mediation about it? Because she did say question mark, question mark, question mark, meaning like, has anyone ever gone to that? Because if you went to the courts and there was a local state school, I can't imagine them saying, no, you have to go to a private. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And there is a lot of, I think it depends on what you went to as well. Like I would never personally send Rory to a private school, but that's just, I went to a public school and I... It I, depends I, though. I your schools around the area of Barden are very good as well. Like I wonder if there was a school that, you know, that you didn't find as good, would you change your mind? Yeah, I mean, we didn't do that on purpose either. We just landed in this spot. But um, no, it would still be a it would still be a state school for Roars, regardless of where we lived. Yeah, it's a the tough thing as well is because um, it's a great opportunity for your children, mm. you know, that you can't give them. So I think is that what the, that's it's what's an hurting ego, the man? It's an yeah. ego thing. Yeah, I think where yeah. you, you need to put that aside and go, but is this the best thing for my kids? Am I man enough? To go to that other man and shake his hand and say thank you, I appreciate that you. you... I don't think he's ever going to do that, is he? I know, but that's but that's what I'm saying. And, and I don't know what, the situation, what... but that's the man thing to be able to go. I appreciate that you think about my. But kids then what as much happens that. with that though? So let's just say they pay for it or whatever, and mm. then it's discovered that he could afford it, and I don't know how that works. And you can enlighten us on the phones. Mm. Does the court go? Well, wait a minute, you can afford to cover. it. Yeah, so maybe no, it's, it's like Stav saying he just doesn't, he wants him to go to a state school. Maybe yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah. 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 And no, I think even if he could afford it, if this other gentleman's come in and said, I'll pay for it, then that's a, that's a verbal contract that he's taking on the financial ownership of the school. So, while you're at it, mate, you're able to afford my rent. Yeah, let's send him to a state school and you can pay my mortgage. Yeah. How about that, buddy? <laughs> uh, it's a, this is this is I think my favourite dear Avi we've had so far. Oh yeah, it's uh, mm. this is a real pickle. It's a juicy one. Yeah, right. lots of calls about this. Lots of people been in the same situation. We are going to talk to Chloe from Ripley. Morning, Chloe. Morning. What's your Have story? You, you've been through this. So, yeah, so I've been through a very similar situation. Um, same thing, my ex didn't want our children to go to a private school, purely for financial reasons. Um, and then when I said that I would pay for it all, he still refused. I think just because it made him feel less of a father, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ended up going to mediation about it. And after a lot of back and forth, pretty much at the end of it, our mediator just looked at us both and said, look, it's about the kids. Mm-hmm. It's paid for. Everyone's happy about the financial situation, so why can't they do it? Um, and that's when he kind of peeled over and was like, okay, sure, mm. whatever. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. But, Chloe, um, do you pay for mediation, if you mind me asking? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah nothing in this yeah. life is oh, free. I, no, especially I didn't know divorce. if they're on, you know. <laughs> divorce is big Pro business. Bono? Is that how they do it? <laughs> uh, the hard thing would be, too, is if, with, if, if it was a Catholic school, I guess there might be a belief system a, a Religious there. reasons for it, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Joel, in uh, Thornlands, you're in a similar situation? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the exact same situation. We've just gone to mediation and um, it it's basically come down that he, he doesn't want to pay for it to go to a, a private school mm-hmm. and when we looked into what court fees would be like it was like $59,000 and it was like more than what, <laughs> what the school tuition fee would be, be. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and and like it, it's really upsetting because my stepdaughter she's an absolute beautiful child that with a 
uh, an amazing brain and, and she's super smart for her age and everybody says this and we want to kindle that but unfortunately he says no and it, we, for us to go to court and get a ruling to say well yes it's just unfeasible. That's so expensive. Joel, would you I mean, would you look at scholarships? I know it's a lot of pressure on the child. Um, look, I, I have full faith that she would smash a scholarship out of the park, but at the end of the day, like the amount of stress that it's put on, on, on my wife, it's yeah, just not worth it's it. It's so not worth it. And like my job is to be there and support her and like I've I've even offered to pay for it because we could afford it. But that's not the point. It's it's what we need to appreciate what he's saying as well, because he is still the father. Um, and for us to just take away his opinion on, on what he wants, like we don't know exactly what his ruling is, whether it is purely financial or something completely different. Like we wanted to send it to Sheldon College, but that that's it's a bit out of the ballpark now. And like he he only wants to pay for half the fees and and yeah even the child support is is not even there because it's all based off what your tax return is and he hasn't done that in two years so like uh, yeah, 80 dollars a fortnight is not is not really cutting the mustard really yeah i guess it's a true isn't it it depends what people's reasons are for not doing it mm. if it's out of spite I don't yeah. know if the mediation will be able to see that anyway. <laughs> no, that's true. A lot, lot of calls, though. Heaps of people going through this situation. We've got an anonymous caller. Anonymous, you're going through a similar situation right now. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. good. So I've recently just come on the other side of this situation. My ex-husband and I were went to court about it. We got told that if we couldn't agree, we default to the public school in our local catchment. Mm-hmm. Um, school unfortunately didn't wasn't the best fit for our child at the end of the day it takes two to tango we're both still a part of her life we respect each other's decisions but we decided to move her school um he wasn't willing to send her to a private um i offered to pay the full amount and then he was more willing um regardless if my new husband and i are paying for it i do try to keep my new husband out of it because it is just a little bit inflammatory towards the ex yeah so that sounded yeah, like it was of, thrown in out of annoyance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at the, end of, at the end of the day, you can't change the past, but you are in each other's life for a very long time, regardless if you want to be or not. So at the end of the day, whatever is best for my child is what I see. Mm. There you go. Well, hopefully uh, this uh, lady's able to take all of that information and try and wade through it all and come to a bit of an agreement. Yeah, especially hearing how much the uh, the mediation and courts cost. Yeah, 59 grand. Yeah. More than you the You could fees. represent yourself. I hear that always turns out yeah, well. Yeah, uh-huh. sure does. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. I tell you what, maybe I'm just thinking about this because of Stranger Things. Oh, but yeah? Paranormal activity. Is it actually real? And this is a paranormal investigator. You can check her out on TikTok. My bloody uh, Galentine. Her name is Becky Ann. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, how do you describe yourself? What do you actually do? Um, I explore historic buildings typically and try to explore the facts that have led up to something being considered haunted. So I spend a lot of time, more more often than not, I'm reading books, um, historical records, documents, anything I can find to see if there's any basis of fact behind what people are saying um, a building is haunted because of. Hmm. My um, my daughter has actually just gotten into ghost hunting. She's watching uh, Ghost Hunters on Foxtel, and a lot of there's a lot of actual TikTokers that are going into haunted places at the moment, isn't there? It seems to be kind of a thing that people are doing at the moment, right? So this is actually something that has historically happened. When there's a large tragedy, there's typically an interest in the paranormal shortly after, and we've seen this historically all the way back into the turn of the century. Um, 9-11 in the United States was another one where uh, right after that, we actually released the first Ghost Hunter show. And now we've just kind of come towards the worst part or ended the worst part of the 
COVID pandemic. And now we're seeing a huge interest in the paranormal because we had a lot of grief and tragedy and people like to explore the afterlife often after that. So I'm not surprised to hear that. And, you know, when I started, I was one of the first people to be talking about it on there. And I'm like, am I really about to tell 500,000 people that I believe in the paranormal? And now it's, it's very commonplace and conversational. I guess it's one of those things, really paranormal, where it can go two ways. People think of it evil, but also knowing that they're, you know, spirits of love. It's a fascination, still isn't it, to know if there's afterlife. Um, but Ouija boards are always. I remember, you know, you crack out a Ouija board. Who's moving it? Come on, a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. 14. I promise, I'm not doing anything. You will yeah. take your finger off then just to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I swear to God. I swear to God. Don't know why we sounded like that as kids. Um, <laughs> are they, as someone who who does this stuff and you investigate, are Ouija boards real? So I'm actually a talking board collector. Ouija is a name given, it's a brand name given to one specific talking board produced by Parker Brothers, but there are plenty, it's now owned by Hasbro, but there are many other boards that were used in spiritualist, spiritualist communities way before the commercialization of it. So for me, I think it's the same as any other tool. So if people are using dowsing rods or a pendulum, it's, it's going to work the same. Now, obviously, a Ouija board is probably not going to be your best method to communicate because it's so easily manipulated. Mm. But I will say there's a lot of historical basis to the tool, and I'm highly interested in them. Well, the, I, other, the other thing about the, the equipment is it's come such a massively long way. Like uh, they've got all the electronic gear, like the um, poltopods where you put it down, you ask it a question, and sometimes you can hear like clear words responding to the question that you asked. Do you use that's all called that Google gear? Home, mate? Everyone's got <laughs> one now. <laughs> Becky liked that. She did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so. We have um, the spirit box, the SB7 spirit box, which rapidly scans through radio stations. I'm sure that's kind of interesting for you being on the radio because maybe someone's on an investigation somewhere in the world and they're kind of tuning in on you and they're like, it's a spirit. So I will uh, typically, typically grab for those pieces of equipment, but I'm not going to point that as evidence. For me, if I'm not seeing something tangible, it, it can accent my evidence, but it, I don't think a spirit box response can solely be based as evidence. Are you, are you saying somewhere there is a ghost investigation going on where they're going, I'm getting something, it's saying it's 29 degrees in the River City and uh, here is Beyonce. Wow. <laughs> Possibly. Some people don't know how to like, well, I wouldn't say don't know how, but some people don't discern what's just radio station scanning as, versus an intelligent conversation that's going to go on for maybe 45 minutes. Mm. I can't really roll my eyes about this, whether you believe it or not, because for me, I always like, true crime like I love looking at the history of terrible stuff that has happened and then I berate myself for it and that's kind of what you do really isn't it like you look at something that tragic has happened or in a house and then you go to see what it's like so what would be the scariest situation that you put yourself in so um, interestingly enough uh, a lot of the places I like to visit are places that are of happy times um, places where there were speakeasies lively parties um, I think uh, one of the misnomers in the paranormal is people are like, oh, someone was brutally murdered here. But I will say that um, recently on an investigation in California, I had certain sensations. I was like, my chest hurts really bad, like directly on my heart. And I didn't know what was going on. And whatever was going on didn't want to communicate with us. And I called my friend who's a medium. And he's like, there's an older gentleman sitting at the bar and he does not want to talk to you. And I was alone in this Hollywood bar. And I go home. And I start researching and I find out that there was a man the same age that he described who actually shot someone in the heart where I was standing when I was getting those sensations. To me, I felt somewhat uncomfortable being alone in that environment. But for the most part, I don't really seek out like the, the tragedies. And if anything, I find some of the uh, paranormal associations with tragedies somewhat exploitative. Right. Interesting. Very much so. Well, my bloody Galantine on TikTok, if people want to check out your investigations. Uh, Becky Ann, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha Box, it's worth 10 grand tomorrow, the 4th of August. Some answers. And here are some answers for you. We've got Jellyfish, one of Abs's favourite animals in the world. Jude Law, one of Abby's favourite actors in the world. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Jenga, one of Abby's favourite games in the world. Yep. <laughs> 
Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. you quietly quitting your job you might not even know that you are doing this but there's a new term at the moment called quiet quitting and it's not where you actually go i'm not i'm not going to do my job anymore i give it up like you're still doing your job you're still getting the money for it Mm. but you're not doing as much as what you did before covid and I think it's because they're saying everyone's changed their view of the world and gone, well, wait a minute, why am I stuck in a job all the time? Or, you know what, now I can work for home. Flexible working arrangements. Mm. And it's it's basically saying if you had like a high demanding job or maybe you were just really conscientious in your job and you would go above and beyond. You know, you would answer emails after hours and text messages. You'd do work events. If you're a school teacher, I know so many of my friends would do prep for lessons mm. after school and everyone's like, oh, sweet, you only work nine to three. But on her holidays, she would go in and she would set up the room ready for the school year because you can't mm. just rock up on the first day. No. And now everyone's going, well, wait a minute, why am I doing it when I could do less or just your job and get paid the same? Mm. And if yeah, you notice this trend at your workplace, 131060, if you notice that people are quietly quitting and if you are doing it yourself, you can remain anonymous, but you're still doing your job, but not as much as you used to be. I think the way you can put it is you're only doing your job. So Mm. what you've agreed to do, and it happens in every workplace, you go, this is your contract, this is what you do, this is your job, and then someone goes, hey, can you do this? You go, yeah, sure, and then that becomes your job as well, and then before you know it, you're doing 10 other things that are above what you've assigned on to do, and that was just commonplace and everyone did it, and now everyone's going, no, I'm just going to do my job and go home. When you think about it, I've always amazed when I'm in a hospital and you see nurses and I was like, oh, their shift finished, but they're still working there for an hour. And I was like, do you get paid for it? And they're like, no, but they've got to do the handovers. Mm. Yeah. And now they've just got to a point where they're like, why are we pushing ourselves when we don't have to? But mm-hmm. what that thing is going to be hard for people is if you were someone who did lots and overachieved and really pushed yourself and now you do just your job, you're going to look like you're, you're not slacker. doing your job and you're yeah. a slacker. So maybe uh, this is a word of advice for people going into new jobs. Just do your job and don't do extra. <laughs> so, so you start you, how you uh, plan on finishing. On. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big start how you intend to continue. Well, they say a lot of people are leaving the office on time or mm. rocking up on time. Where a lot of people used to rock yes. up early, leave late, but now it's like, no, that's that's my job. And also declining pro, um, projects that aren't in my job description. How do you say that, though, without sounding like a jerk? When how, you, It's really hard to say, that's not my job. I'm sorry, that's outside my purview of my current uh, role expectations that have been fostered on me by my higher-ups. Well, a lot of people are saying they don't need to because the bosses are doing the same. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. So everyone's doing it. Well, if you so don't want to do it, Bosso, I <laughs> won't do it. Sick. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Someone else close him up. I'm going to the golf. <laughs> well, it started as a trend over in uh, the States that people were saying this, going, you know, you've got to have a work-life balance. It's not mm. about just work, work, work anymore. And then uh, Brisbane was the first to start it up on a thread going, yeah, we've all done it. But are we seeing this? Because I think we're seeing what we... Because when we started and it was all very very big work ethic and we would do stuff well outside our parameters and sometimes I was getting home from this job at like 6 o'clock in the evening um, and we'd always whinge about it and now maybe people have listened to that whinging and it's coming in and now we're all going... They're not working half as hard as we had to back in our day, you know, but they're getting what yeah. we actually wanted back in those days. I hear you what know. you're saying. We're quietly quitting, but we have for a while. Oh, years. Years now. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw and I ask if other people had. Um, and you know what, though? There's actually nothing wrong with it. There's nothing no, wrong with just no. doing your job. Anonymous is on the line. That's, Hello. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you quietly quitted? I have. I love my job and I would never be someone that would ever be late. And now since COVID and, you know, like a few of the hours have reduced due to COVID, it's like why would I rock up and do the extra time or come early when... It's a job that I can basically do in my sleep. Like if I was yeah. if I was going to work, I would be there, I'd be structured, I'd be on time, I'd get the job done and I could work better in the office. Now mm. I can do my job from home and I'm quite happy and I'm quite comfortable sitting at home and, and doing it there. Because your quality of work hasn't gone down, have it? Like what you're no. producing. Yeah. No, that's right. The job's still getting done. I'm still meeting my targets and everything is, is, is still, you know, on time. It's just... 
now I can it's I basically feel like it's more relaxed and I mm. think the workplace knows that it's more relaxed so they've given us like a new work-life balance because I think they can see people slowly quitting I guess mm. like well quietly quitting mm. One of the um, experts was saying the only downfall, I guess, of this is that you're not going to get paid less because you're still doing your job. There's no reason why you should. But the people that put in the extra hours might be getting pay rises in the future. But I guess at the same time, if you can prove that you're still doing the output, there's no reason why. Yeah. You know, some people pretend to be busy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jane Doe from Redcliffe is on. Jane Doe. Uh, we're talking quietly quitting. Yeah, um, I'm currently working two jobs at the moment, um, childcare industry and the servo industry. Um, and, yeah, I'm quietly quitting both of them. And what sort of things are you, you doing then? Um, I'm still doing my normal work. Yeah, but what have you um, changed then, I guess, that you previously used to do? Well, I'm currently sitting in the car right now. I'm meant to start at 8.30 and I'm sitting in the car talking to you guys. Where so normally you would... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 30 us. minutes early. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing, though, is you're not doing anything wrong. Like, if you used to go no. in early, yeah. you never got paid for that. So if you go right on time... Yep, that's pretty much what I do now. I just sit in the car, wait till my time, I'm like, oh... Hey, guys, I'm here. This is good for ratings. Yeah, thanks for hanging yeah, out with us. sit and listen yeah. longer to no, us. Absolutely, absolutely fine. <laughs> Big 105, the quiet quitter station. I guess it's the expectation. Yeah. Like, when I used to work at retail, you used to get paid till like, five, but you had to do all the teal Balance and the then yeah, put all, all the clothes stuff. away and you never got paid for the last uh, no. hour. No, you don't. You really don't. You get you have that um, 15 minutes of a handover, but you always have to leave at that 15-minute mark, but you're still waiting for the other person to count on their pills, so mm. you're waiting behind, so, yeah. Yeah, I think what also becomes interesting is you realise when you don't stress and make everything overboard, this everything, everything stays the same. Well. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I feel like, like we're so used to stress equals productivity, or stress yeah. is the right thing to do because it means we're doing a good job. But yeah. since COVID, everyone goes, yeah. nah. Oh yeah, nah. nah. No, I've lost the hustle. Uh, we got another anonymous caller. Uh, you've been quietly quitting as well. Yes, I have. I've been quietly quitting for since the beginning of the year. <laughs> Did you know you were doing this or, or since just you've heard this word and you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually what I'm doing? Yeah, no, no, no I've been doing this. Um, it's more about since COVID's come in, I see that the appreciation from above is not there anymore. People mm. are very more lax and because you did, I did put in the extra hours and that came in early, came back late. They know that, so they pile the work on. They know I'm going to get it done, but, you know, that's not my job description. So now I follow my job description to a T and my times and my finish times. And I still do the same, you know, my best ability at work, but I'm just not doing all that extra stuff for anybody else. Do you feel less stressed? Sorry? Do you feel less stressed? Oh, definitely less stress. It's now about more about lifestyle now. So I'm I'll be I'm looking in more of an area where I've got a better lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not so busy and hectic, and I'm not doing all the travelling and everything. I've got a relaxed life, home life as well as work life. Oh, well, Abby's put and her hands behind her head. <laughs> Abby's she's done. leaning back. I was just like, when you're talking, I was like, I was I, I was kind of feeling board. relaxed. Legs are up, feet are up. Look at her. Look at her. I didn't even notice. It was just quietly doing it. No, that's not quiet, mate. That was loud and clear. Loud and clear. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. There is a meme that gets around on the interwebs of a question being asked to people saying, why do mild-mannered men attract crazy women? And the answer is because someone's got to tell the waiter that I didn't order fries and it's not going to be me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great one. Uh. Yeah, and I fall pretty much into that category. Uh, I am nice and chilled and don't like to cause a fuss and I send my wife into battle uh, when I need to. Uh, I just point and fire and off she goes and... She can be a force to be reckoned with. And on the weekend, <clears throat> you know when something occurs and you don't know who to feel sorry for, but you know who you should feel sorry for? Because my wife got rear-ended um, driving her car home from a gig, and um, I went, I, I straight away I asked, are you okay? 
Uh, and then I asked, how's the guy that hit you? Because <laughs> you don't want to get my wife angry. Um, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's in hospital. <laughs> nothing what, to do with it? the accident. Yeah, nothing to do with the accident. <laughs> um, but so she's um, got to do all the stuff and um, she's got to fill out the forms, all the stuff for the insurance and stuff. And because um, there was a little bit of whiplash, obviously if you get hit from behind at a, at a decent clip, you're going to have a little bit of... Um, pain and bruising. So apparently, I didn't know this, maybe you guys did, but if there is any sort of injury involved, you have to go to the um, cop shop and fill out an yeah. incident. Well, any accident, you still have to report regardless. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's normally after a, over a certain value, and I always find that confusing because you're like, what value now? Because a scratch these days is going to cost yeah. that much. Yeah. So normally you have to report an accident, and you swap their details. And Plus, then... mm. Everyone knows you try and get every imperfection fixed on your car after someone hits <laughs> no, you. No, you like, don't, oh, that, that headlight, it was working before I got rear-ended. I got rear-ended, and the front of my car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you won't believe it. It was the one day I was transporting my Picasso to my friend's house. <laughs> Um, Can you do it online these days, though? That has been ruined. No, she had to uh, go into the local cop shop, and, um, yeah, you have to actually go in. Like, uh, you know, quitting a gym. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, they make you go in. And um, so she was. She went down to the police station. They were all very nice. And But uh, when, they were, when she was there, she was dealing with a woman, and she said, oh, look, we've actually just got another call, uh, and we have to go. It's a bit of an emergency, and we have to go and deal with that. So I'll leave you in the hands of our sergeant. Now, he's an older sergeant. He hasn't done a traffic violation in quite some time, uh, but just bear with him. And he's like, cool. <laughs> and he's he's doing this thing, and he even said to her, he said, look, I'm actually a homicide detective. This is a little bit outside my realm of jurisdiction. Uh, She's like, I'm it's trying. about to be. Did he do that, <laughs> yeah. which I always love when you get someone that wasn't brought up on computers, and they do yeah. the two-finger type? <laughs> I do the two-finger type. Do you, it drives me insane. My husband does it. And it's like, click, wait for two seconds. And you're like, do you know what? Maybe I'll just do this report quite small. <laughs> I'm going to guess there is a tongue hanging out the side of his mouth while he's looking for the K. Where is the K? Where is the K? Uh, so, But he's spilling out the thing. And he goes, okay, so um, was it this man's fault? And Kat goes, well, let me show you. And she pulls out her phone and plays back the recording she has of the man admitting fault to the accident. <laughs> Wow, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. impressive. Now, I reckon that's something that her dad has told her. Maybe. You know, Even it's the... like, because <laughs> isn't they always say you never have an accident and admit fault? Yeah. Until yeah, you go to the police station and then mm-hmm. you work it out. you got to remember, yeah. even the police know that they can't get a confession under duress. It won't stand <laughs> up in court. You know, <laughs> you're holding a knife on the other side of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, old, the other old adage, though, of course, is that um, if you get hit from behind, um, it's never your fault. Either. Yeah. So, but, yeah. yeah, she pulled out the recording. The, the policeman pissed himself. <laughs> he's, he's like, I've never seen this in all my years, but cool, good for you. What did she uh, make him say? Um, you know, what's your, state your name uh, and do you agree that this accident was your fault? And he's like, yes, I will admit that it was my fault. And she's like, okay, thank you. Stop recording. And, and then the other thing was, though, she gets home. She gets home and she goes, and she walks in the door. I'm, I'm oblivious. And she goes, I've just had a, I've just had an accident. I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? And then she goes, yeah, I've already called my boss. Um, I've called um, the insurance company. I've called this person. But she called all these people. After, straight after the she didn't call me and say, "Hey, I've just had an accident." You just said um, at the start, "You're the weak man that could yes. help out." Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting at home going, "Well, you wouldn't know what happened to me. I ordered mashed potatoes on Uber Eats and I got <laughs> chips. I'm going to need you to go in there now <laughs> since you're all fired up anyway." Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Ed Cavalli. Ed. Comedian, yeah. broadcaster, and now an author. Ed Cavalli joins us this morning. G'day, buddy. Oh, guys, thank you so much for having me. And I know it's a shock when someone uh, in the public eye releases a kid's book about farts. I know mm. it's never been done before, and this is new territory. Husey was so headless because he thought that he owned the fart world because he farted more than you or something. Well, this is the thing, guys. This is what He's actually in my book. There's a picture of him because mm-hmm. uh, when we were working together, uh, Stav, and you're an artistic type of guy, mm-hmm. I was uh, writing the book, and Jack, our uh, anchor, was illustrating it whilst we were in the breaks. Uh, in our show wow. so that we could uh, surprise him and say, look, mate, everyone's got a fart book out. And uh, as you know, it's co-written by my four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And I worked out that to read uh, a celebrity's fart book, you only needed the mental ability of a four-year-old. So why can't a four-year-old write one? And we, re- <laughs> we, we said it to him on air. 
hey, Husey, we wrote this book. Look at this. And he just looked at us and uh, he said, am I in it? I said, yeah. He goes, so that means I get a cut of the profits. Oh. And I thought, there he is. There's my there guy. There he's back. There's my like guy. Like he needs it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> he loves paying tax, that bloke, doesn't he? He's, oh, uh, he just yeah. loves it. He kept JobKeeper going in Australia, I'm sure, with all the tax he paid. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie here, Ed. I, I did look at the bio of the title and I read the title wrong. I actually thought it was Dad's Embarrassing Exposing Farty uh, Sharts. <laughs> that is uh, that comes with a warning that book but this is a true story so it is about my I came home one day and my uh, gym shorts were in the bin and I said and my wife had thrown them out and I said what happened here she goes you're on a high protein diet I can't get the smell out of them so they're in the bin and my son just collapsed uh, <laughs> Abby you know kids you know boys in particular love silly fart stuff and he was on the floor laughing his little head off and I thought righto we're on here so I recorded him telling me the story of the book. Oh, great. And then I sent it off to a, a publisher. And he, he needs money. Uh, he needs money, Stav. He borrowed money off bikies to buy crypto. Oh, and yeah. it hasn't gone. And as Those you know, it hasn't Roblox, uh, Robux. Yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> when do farts not become funny to men? Because this has been in our household. Oh, like, know, if we I want... Know. Any any sort of thing to lighten the mood, it's going to be a fart joke. And we were just saying that we've got Alexa onto it because you ask her for a fart. And she oh. goes through a category. You should ask her. Goes through a category of like 20 different types of farts. There's wow. the bath farts. There's yeah. the I'm trying not to get detected farts. And like it's like my kids laugh, the three boys, but also Scotty does. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And how old's he these days? How old's Scotty as we currently speak? He's in his 40s, but he acts uh, probably he... younger than any of the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a few years left in him to find farts funny. He's got a couple of, he's got a couple of decades left, I reckon. I think it's when you can't stop them that then they become not funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 when they're involuntary. When you, and when, yeah. you know, when you follow through, then it's not funny. Like, <laughs> Is that why you oh. stop? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man, that's... <laughs> So come on, you come on, you three. When are your books coming out? Well, we could, I we could about it. Yeah. We could workshop a title right now. Let's just go around the room, right? Oh, Matt, you're first. Mm-hmm. Just go, top of your head, name a kids' fart book. Just got to have fart in the title. It's really easy. Um, Farty Mick Fart Face. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe, that's a good may, one. May, yeah, maybe taken you by a book one of about? the, the yeah, fart what? that killed everyone close to you, including your parents and your pet. That is uh, up for the Miles Franklin this year, I believe. So. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Abby. You're living with a house full uh, of them. Mum doesn't fart. That's what I try to tell them. Oh, that's actually... Uh, Abby, uh, that's a great that's angle. Mm, and then my son was like, well, you're going to get a stomachache. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> you could educate them. You could be the queen of queefs. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> R&B Fridays, you could be Queen Laquifa. That'd be fantastic. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh. This is is your second book, isn't it? Because your first one is brilliant, which was all about, um, I guess, having a bubs. That was called The First Time for Everything, and that was written with my wife, Tiffany Hall, and I sat her down and I said, look, this creative partnership isn't working. I've moved on. I've found a new co-writer, um, our four-year-old son. So she says the first thing that my da- our daughter says, who's you know two months old, she's like, right, the first time our daughter makes an, uh, an utterance that they're going to get a book deal and sort of have like a, a literary war inside our own house. Wow. Mm. Yes. Mm. Oh, you can have two Pulitzers, you know. You can always have two Pulitzers. <laughs> That's one of your catchphrases, isn't it? That's Steph? what I always, you always say. Have, you can always <laughs> have two Pulitzers. <laughs> you don't just write one book and then stop. You know, you might try again. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you check it out. Daddy's embarrassing, exploding, <laughs> farty shorts. Wow. Um, you can get your hands on it right now, Ed Cavalli. Always a pleasure, mate. Mm. Hey, hey, Alexa, play a queef. Let's just see. <laughs> She's, She's thinking about it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Their sport might be a video game. They call themselves athletes. Welcome to the competitive world of esports. All right, if you've got uh, kids at the moment, especially teenagers, maybe just turn down the radio or maybe just change it. I don't care because they don't really want to hear this because you don't want to hear anyone. Oh, yeah, that's helped. <laughs> Bang, they've just reached over from the. Passenger seat, and they've cranked that bad boy up. This is different because the Commonwealth Games is going on at the moment, and as a bit of a demonstration for a new sport, they are going to have eSports, talking about computer games. And Jason Kibble has his 16-year-old son, Tay, over there. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. How are you? Now, how many times did you scream at your son, uh, get off the computer, it's not going to go anywhere? I haven't. You haven't. Good for you. No. And look what happened. <laughs> like, he was always good with schoolwork and all that. 
So we always gave him time on the computer, and uh, you know, it was, hasn't been a problem. So what's what game is he playing over at the Commonwealth Games? Uh, Rocket League. Awesome, great game, love it. I could, I'm close to competing. So what what is it for those who don't know? Basically, three on three soccer with cars instead of players. They use cars to kick the ball around yeah. into into the goals. Like um, the guys on Top Gear did it live once. Remember oh, when they had all the cars yeah. and, the, and yeah. a big ball? It's exactly the same at that, except the cars can fly and you shoot stuff. But it, it, it's the same. Pretty close That's to real life then. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had uh, Laser Beam on the show before, and he makes millions and millions off uh, playing computer games. He's also mm. got a lot of different channels that people follow. He does a lot of Fortnite Laser Beam. Yeah. Mm. Is your son yeah. going to head into that territory? Uh, I'm guessing so, yeah. They're getting recognised and they've been picked up by an organisation that will pay them to play and take a percentage of their winnings. Oh, wow. wow. So, so they'll get a, they get a, a weekly wage and then the boys get to keep 90% of their winnings on tournaments and that. So wow, that's not too bad. In, in tournaments, to get my head around it, because it is, I guess, considered a sport. Well, they've named it eSports. So they yeah. will sit in some sort of arena and there'll be thousands of people watching them play this game. And I guess it's streamed all over the world as well. Yes, well, I'm, I'm guessing it could be streamed all over the world. Uh, they are uh, in one of the arenas. If you just give me... Um, hopefully I don't hang up on you. <laughs> What are you in the middle of doing? Uh, he's trying to find out where in? he is. You know he's a 16-year-old boy. You know he's somewhere in the world, right? <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> did he hang up? Yeah, yeah his yeah. dad's got the same uh, form of technology that his son does. <laughs> Hello, Jack. mate, you there? Yeah, that's how tech savvy I am. <laughs> yeah. I just stuffed it up. Skip the is that generation. Where he, is that where he gets it from, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're playing in a, in a uh, I guess, a, like an entertainment centre. They sit in front of each other, like, yeah, they've, they've got a screen in front of them, but then they've got the big screen showing to the audience. Yeah, I know it might be hard for um, a lot of people to, to get and to understand because we grew up with computer games, playing them as a waste of time. Your parents would always tell you to get off, you spend too much time in front of the TV. But for the uninitiated, yeah. these esports are massive. The stadiums are huge. The money involved is absolutely incredible. It is a valid sport these days, and I think going to the Commonwealth Games would be good for it to get recognition outside of, because uh, all these people just go, oh, they're just playing computer games. It's stupid. That's right, because I, I just want it, like, I, I'm just a proud dad that's got a, you know, that's a son representing Australia, yeah. and there's not a lot of exposure. And it's funny, you know, what people d- describe as a sport, uh, strength or speed or agility or whatever. But you can, you know, you look at something like shooting. That you don't need to throw far or run fast. It's oh. it's more it's a skill. technique yeah. and oh, skill. Mate, look, look at the darts, boys, if you want to see an athlete oh. in their prime. Or, or even the English <laughs> law bowls that beat our guys James yesterday. Wade, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. How is he going over there? Because he's still a 16-year-old boy with, you know, I guess there's a large age gap um, between a lot of them over there. How is he enjoying it? Like, they only just got there. His mum's over there with him. Um, and they play in about... It'll be seven o'clock uh, tonight. Right. Well, we are definitely going to be following it. Is he still at school? He is, um, but because he, you know, because they've been picked up, we're going to see how he goes with his schoolwork. If it gets in the way of of the esports, well, then you know he's he's quite welcome to to drop out of school and and focus on. Uh, Will on you the adopt e-sports. me? Will you adopt me? <laughs> you got to be better at Rocket League before yeah. he will consider that That's stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You got to. You got what? You got to bring to the table, mate. <laughs> well, I'm just flicking around here and um, looking at the esportsearning.com website. Mm-hmm. The yep. number one esports player currently. Do you know how much they've earned in the last thirty days? Oh, look. I know there's esports guys that have earned millions of dollars. No tail is his player ID, mm. has earned $7,184,163.05. In 30 days. Yeah. In the last yeah. 30 days. Yes, well, we all support him. 
focusing on the sport, Jason. And just remember who was there at the start <laughs> for the very well, first hey, interview. Tay's just uh, he's just started, so he's not up to that yet. But um, I mean, he, uh, he will get up there. Well, mate, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, good luck to your son Tay. He is an esports uh, player for Australia over at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, this year, best of luck to yep. him, and thanks for your time, Jason. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a text message to let you know how he's going. Yeah, Absolutely. please do. Do it, do it. Tell him to add my Fortnite handle, bro. No, come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Yeah, fishing! I love fishing! Fishing, fishing, fishing! <laughs> we just don't have enough. <laughs> Fishing chat on our show. <laughs> has this, this, this photo is absolutely amazing. A, uh, a local man has had the catch of his lifetime over the weekend, catching a giant 175-centimetre long bass gro- You say groper, don't you? Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. I'm just checking. I dep- yeah. I use- they've, they've officially been cancelled as a fish, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are huge. And he caught it uh, 40 k's off point lookout on North Stradbroke Island. Mm. It's 175 centimetres. <laughs> yeah, it's too small. 175 uh, centimetres long uh, and about 80 kegs. It's like it's massive, absolutely mm. massive. Yeah, I think it's the like, kilos as well because it's so huge. Yeah. Mm. If you're a true fisherman, do you put it back so the sport of it it can be caught again? You know I don't what I mean? know. I think there are rules. If it's a female, then mm. you're supposed to throw it back, right? No, now they they actually went for equality too, so there is um... <laughs> so equal rights. Look, I yeah, don't know how yeah. that one does work, but it's just I always think about like the, Maddie was saying, looking at it, he's like, oh, that's not the fishing rod we normally use because the actual like hook that you would use is longer than the fishing rods that we use. Yeah, mm. well, these boys are big, and you need something that's going to be able to keep them on the line. What, what sort of stuff are you guys using? Whatever was on sale at BCF. Just I think before once school holidays. when we went camping, we even got like a last minute. Remember those old school ones that you just had the reel? hand reel? Yeah, the hand yeah. reel. You just had to throw it in. But yeah. I, uh, my middle son loves fishing. He loves mm. fishing. Um, as you know, we always pray that he will catch a fish when we go to camping. Otherwise, the camping day is ruined. Yeah. And yeah. we were all on a pontoon um, once, and I've said to Scotty, like, if he likes fishing, I would like to be able to take him as well. You know, rather than just waiting for you. Mm. And I said, so you just got to teach me how to tie, I guess, the fishing rod? Is that what it is? Like the little... Yeah. The hook, the, the sinker. Hook? Um, hook, a, hook a line, yes. Yeah. Got to put your swivel on, got to put your sinker on, got to put your hook on. And I said, would you be able to teach me? And he goes, no, you don't need to know. I said, why? And he goes, because Maddie doesn't know. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'd prefer to teach Maddie first. I said, so there's a hierarchy here. Mm. He wants to teach you before I'm allowed to learn. How do you think oh, I feel? I'm sitting there beside your son waiting for Scott to put a, put a hook on my line thinking, my dad, where was he? Yeah. He should, just... This should have been taught to me already. I already have two sons. I'm teaching me teaching this too. It was true. Maddie was waiting with his little little uh, fishing rod along the line, and Scotty's like, I'll get to you, mate. I'll get yeah. to you. And then, but... It's my turn. And Hurry he, up. You're oh. sitting there with a the beer going, it's all right. I'll wait. And it's like everyone else got their fishing line done, and then you were last. <laughs> two, two things about that, though. I mean, yes, when I, when I go fishing, I took um, cat fishing when we went away uh, for a holiday before Rory, and, yes, she caught a fish straight away. I think she ended up catching three fish, so she loves fishing. Same thing happened with yes. Rory. If you go the first time, you don't catch any fish, you never go fishing again. So, yes, all I do when I take those two fishing is spend my entire time baiting their hook, um, doing their snags, re-hooking their line. But that's why he can't teach you before Maddie, because if you guys are ever out and Maddie can't do it, but you can... What's wrong with that? <laughs> that's Maddie's got to retire his, uh, his man card. No, I see. No, he kind of likes it. I think I'll be fine with that. He did look like a little cutie going, I'll wait for him. (laughs) Catch us a fish while you toots. Yeah. It it is the most annoying part of fishing. So you've gotten out of it well. I mean, well done. It is. And then Santa comes up Uh, to me. I'm like, ask Scotty. Apparently. And I don't know. I don't know how much research you did on this story about the guy that caught the eight, eighty kilo groper. His mate um, hooked his line for him. So uh, <laughs> you're in good company. Yeah, yeah. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Greatest pleasure to declare the 22nd Commonwealth Games open. Cody Simpson. He gave up all the music world. Well, he still released an album, but didn't want it. Didn't want to do this anymore. That's when he was 14. 
So when he was uh, 14, he headed over to the States. His whole family moved over there. And we've caught up with his sister before who said that swimming was his first love. Mm -hmm. uh, But then music sort of, you know, took him all over the world. And he's talked recently saying that when he was 15, he was in like a van going to three cities in the same day, going into radio interviews, doing acoustic performances, like really getting his music out there Mm. with that song, obviously. And he's done a lot since then. He's worked with uh, Justin Bieber before, hasn't he? Flo yeah, Rida, yeah. he's worked with... There was a while there where we would chat to him like once a month, you know? Yeah, he did, a, he did a lot Cody of performances. Simpson. Remember, we took him to the Children's Hospital and he performed yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing because a lot of the kids couldn't go to the Echo around that time of the year. So he didn't went he and performed for him. He had a cold sore that mate, time, didn't he? Mate, come on. <laughs> what? He did. Just, you know... Because he was at his peak of stardom, hooking <laughs> up with chicks left, right, and centre. Sometimes that's just what happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, look, <laughs> let's focus on the swimming because that's what he's done. He's just done his favourite race, which is the fifty uh, butterfly, which is a hard stroke, and this is how he finished in the final. Cody Simpson flashed home and finishes fifth in his first final at Commonwealth Games and international level. And we're so used to everyone winning gold that I think you kind of go, oh, fifth. But that's like, yeah, the Commonwealth Games, from leaving a career of music and going, oh, cool, wait a minute, I might just do swimming. I don't know if anyone else has ever done that. Yeah, the I know other that four a lot swimmers people... didn't have to fall over either. <laughs> <laughs> I know that a lot of uh, people have gone from sport to singing. Mm. You've got a lot of the, ten- uh, the cricket stars. They used to go to Bollywood, remember? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mostly you become a commentator. But, you know, if you've got another skill... Do it. Well, yeah. he, he was asked at the end of his race what was more profound, performing in front of tens of thousands of screaming teenagers or swimming. But I kind of went out there and just put together the best race I could tonight and just off my PB, so I can't ask for much more aside from just learning how to deal with the experience and the pressure of it. And it's very exciting. We know you're used to performing in front of big crowds. What's more nerve-wracking, walking out... For a final of the Commonwealth Games or going out and performing in front of 10,000 screaming teenagers? Yeah, right now, honestly, it's this. I think I, uh, with experience come, comes confidence and I'm still gathering the experience, so therefore still gaining confidence. How cruel are the interviews after a swim? I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and how do you know? <gasps> they do it every time. Think yeah. about it. He's an overachiever. To mm. have a, it's his first like mm. year in swimming. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean? And he's already made it to a final of the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah, and he swam more than anyone because after the race finished, he went and did two more laps as an encore. <laughs> <laughs> Just what he's used to doing. Well, they would have two more years to the Olympics, right? Yeah, yep, that's how it works. Yes. So that would be the next thing that he's training for. Mm-hmm. Incredible, yeah. incredible Amazing. stuff. Brisbane wakes up with Stav, Abby and Matt on V105.